Gonzaga has time to do something. Suggs for the win. Oh, yes. Oh, yes. Unbelievable. Classic basketball game. What is up, everyone, and welcome back to a brand new episode of the 3 and D. I'm Paul Lombardi, and I'd like to welcome everyone back to the Review and Preview Network for my weekly NBA and college basketball show. Make sure to check us out on all social media platforms and subscribe to our YouTube channel at Review and Preview Sports. In tonight's episode, we'll be taking a look at a bunch of things across the NBA and across college basketball. has been going on Patrick Beverly's comments about Chris Paul, obviously been kind of the news of the week this past week. Uh, the NBA draft combine going on uh, the, is going down this week. So we're going to take a little look at that. The NBA draft lotteries tonight at eight o'clock. So have to take a little sneak peek at that as well. And later on, one of my good friends, Tom Quinn, will be joining the show and we'll be talking conference finals and previewing the Warriors versus Mavericks matchup and Heat versus Celtics. So it's been a crazy past week across the NBA, obviously. First things first, an insane, insane upset with the Phoenix Suns uh, going down in game seven in uh, in game seven against the Dallas Mavericks. Uh, kind of a shocker, in my opinion, that it even went to a game seven, let alone that they lost it. Uh, you know, if you've been watching the show all year long, I've been saying how I think the, the Phoenix Suns are pretty much the most complete team in the NBA. That's what, that was my personal opinion, but when it comes down to it, it's, it comes down, it's a really a big man's league. It's a forwards league. And uh, Chris Paul and Devin Booker really did not show up and they did not get enough star power from the rest of their team. And Luka Doncic is a problem. I'm telling you that right now. Luka Doncic is a top three player in the NBA right now. And he's going to be there for a long time. So it does not shock me one bit uh, how good the um, Luca played in this series. What does shock me is kind of the all-around uh, performance that the rest of the Dallas Mavericks guys kind of came out with. We got some great minutes from Davis Bertans. You got some great minutes from uh, Maxi Kleber. You know, Dorian Finney-Smith is really that glue guy. I I was I was very impressed. Spencer Dinwiddie as well had some great minutes. So it was it was an all around um, awesome. It was an all around awesome series. Uh, I did not come out the way that a lot of Phoenix Suns fans would have hoped. But the Dallas Mavericks are advanced to the conference finals, and they'll be taking on the Golden State Warriors. And this will be the first time since 
the um since the Baron Davis Golden State Warriors, I believe, and Dirk and the uh, Dallas Mavericks, that, that was the last time that the two teams met in the playoffs. So this this is going to be one for, that hasn't happened in a while. We got Tom Skibet in the comments. Everybody, drop a comment below. Want to interact with everybody? Everybody who's watching, come say what's up. Let me know what your thoughts are about the NBA playoffs, about the upcoming conference championships. Um even the NBA draft combine and the draft lottery that's going on tonight. Cause we're going to hit all of those topics and even the Patrick Beverly stuff. So what's going on, Paul out at dinner, but wanted to say, hi bucks crushed me, man. It, that was, that was definitely rough. I mean, the bucks Celtics are for real and their defense is top notch. Um, not having Chris Middleton is big time. And they, you know, the way that the bucks are constructed, they don't really have a second score. Um, if Chris Middleton is down, they don't have a second score behind uh Giannis, and you know, it became pretty evident uh throughout that series. But you know, the Celtics ended up winning, we'll be going over that a little bit later. But first things first, we'll jump into Patrick Beverly's comments on Chris Paul. Obviously, everybody who um, all big basketball fans saw uh, after the Suns ended up losing Chris Paul. Um, and with Chris Paul's bad performance, Patrick Beverly took to Twitter to make a few comments ripping into the star point guard. And then he went on first take on ESPN and made some made some even more comments. A couple of the comments were, and I quote, man, CP can't guard nobody. Everybody in the NBA knows that. What do we call him? Cone. You know, when you do cones, like in the summertime, you got a cone, you make a move. What does the cone do? basically insinuating that he does nothing on defense, which is a crazy comment for a guy who, you know, is an all time is an all team, uh, all defensive team consistently throughout his career. And he goes on to say, do guys in the NBA go to sleep early in the night before playing the Phoenix suns? Hell no, no, I'm going to stake 44 over there in Phoenix. I'm going to have some wine, probably sweat it out in the pregame, shoot around, and get ready for Chris Paul. Steph Curry, I'm going to bed at 8 o'clock. Mom, don't call me. My girl, don't call me. I'm locked in right now. So basically saying that nobody was afraid of the Phoenix Suns throughout the season, and that was kind of uh, evident. He also name-dropped Paul George, saying that the two of them talked during the games during Game 7, and George agreed with him that uh, nobody is really afraid of the Phoenix Suns, which – is which is pretty crazy. I mean, you don't. Uh, Patrick Beverly has a long, long history of kind of outlandish comments, and he always is trying to get into people's heads. So you, you don't know how much of it is true. How, but it's, uh, the fact that it's, he went hard after the Phoenix Suns. Him and Chris Paul have some history from last year in the playoffs, if you remember, um, when he shoved when he shoved Chris Paul while Chris Paul was headed back to the bench. We got my brother in the comments. Pat Bev was talking reckless. Absolutely. Um, I think it was pretty crazy. And a bunch of NBA stars took to Twitter after these comments too. Damian Lillard took Chris Paul's side, uh, basically saying that, you know, Patrick Beverly is not nearly accomplished enough to be saying that kind of stuff. Kevin Durant said something today, kind of quoted an old Kanye tweet that said everybody, you know, tries to act like Tupac, um, try to speak, trying to speak the good word um, and acting like they know everything. But that's basically uh, the NBA, everyone across all the stars across the NBA. I haven't seen a single guy 
come to uh, Patrick Beverly's side. And I haven't seen any of his teammates talk talk about it for uh, first and foremost. And we haven't seen Paul George make a comment yet, which I'm very interested to see uh, if Paul George approves of that name drop or not, because that was that was pretty that was pretty crazy. But um, those are, so few words were said. I mean, my personal opinion. I'm not shocked by uh, by this call out at all. Patrick Beverly does this all the time. Tries to get into guys' heads. It, this this does not shock me whatsoever. Um, the fact that they gave him a platform on first take, I thought was really interesting, uh, especially after Twitter. I mean, obviously they're doing that to get the views and you know kind of spark a little bit of controversy. But absolutely wild, absolutely wild stuff. Um, to beat the team while they're down to, you know, especially coming from a guy who, you know, hasn't really accomplished an extreme ton in the NBA besides just talking nonstop. So that's Patrick Beverly for you. Uh, you know, every, everybody's got their own opinion. I, I am yet to see somebody take Patrick Beverly's side, but if you do drop a comment, I would love, I'd love to know why you think that Patrick Beverly's in the right uh, in this in this kind of situation. So jumping over to college basketball, we'll talk college basketball just a little bit uh, with the NBA draft coming up. Chet Holmgren concerns. So uh, the NBA draft combine is taking place this week. And a recent podcast came out with Jeff Goodman, who is a college basketball analyst. And he was interviewing uh, another college basketball analyst and basically saying that the buzz around some of the scouts is that a lot of, a lot of these teams have concerns around Chad, Holm, Chad Holmgren, who was looked at as a potential first overall pick. Uh, they look at the game against Memphis and his game against Santa Clara, where he was he had to guard Jalen Duran and Jalen Williams, who are two uh, two other NBA draft uh prospects and did not fare so well. So basically there's a, there's a little bit of concern around his physique. Obviously he's uh, seven foot 190. Got, he's seven foot 190. You know, he's as thin as a rail. So it's, it, you're going to, you're definitely going to get some concerns around that. There's no doubt about that. Um, but his skill set, I think kind of speaks for itself. It's interesting. I don't personally think that he's going to go number one overall. Um, I'll be, I'll definitely be putting together my mock draft in the coming weeks. I mean, tonight at eight o'clock is the NBA draft lottery. So we'll be getting to that in a minute, but that'll be going down tonight. So then we'll know the entire 58 picks, 58, because, uh, Two picks have been forfeited. I believe it was Miami Heat and the Charlotte Hornets in the second round uh, due to uh, free agent signing violations or Chicago Bulls, I think, in the Miami Heat. Either way, um, there's only going to be 58 picks in this year's draft. But Chet Holmgren raising some concerns. Besides that, the NBA draft combine is beginning this week. Um, there, the NBA G League combine, the G League camp has already began. Uh, a few notable names, Javon Freeman Liberty from um, from DePaul has already showed out big time. Hyung Jung Lee from Dayton, Jamari Bouye, uh, Jalen Wilson's also playing in it from Kansas, uh, James Akinjo from Baylor, J.D. Note from Arkansas, A.J. Green from Northern Iowa, Buddy Bayheim from Syracuse, uh, Max A. Smith from Oral Roberts. Stud Sharif O'Neal, Shaq's uh, son from LSU, playing in it, Jules Bernard from UCLA, Jared Roden from uh, Seton Hall, Kevin McCuller from Texas Tech, who's actually looking to transfer, um, who's in the transfer portal right now. 
if he does if he decides not to stay in the NBA draft. But it's NBA draft combine is going on this week. All the big events, the actual combine will be in the next couple of days. Uh, the G League camp started yesterday, and a bunch of you know the bunch of the guys who declare for the draft who may not stay in or weren't uh, good enough to make it to the actual combine get the invites to the G league camp. So those were some of the top guys that, that got the invites. A bunch of them have been showing out a lot. Uh, David McCormick, another one uh, from, from Kansas. That's, that's playing the combat. Baylor Shireman, who, you know, was a big topic of, um, it was a big topic for around college basketball, especially last week because South, the South Dakota state star um, is, committed to Creighton, committed to transfer to Creighton. So he's uh, more than likely going to be headed back to school, not staying in the NBA draft. But um, that's basically where we stand with the NBA draft. And that brings us to the NBA draft lottery, which is taking place tonight at 8 o'clock. So really, I mean, really besides the conference finals that are coming up this week, there isn't there isn't too much news around NBA and college basketball. It's really the Patrick Beverly uh, Patrick Beverly stuff and the NBA draft kind of heating up as we're getting close to a month away from the NBA draft. So the combine getting started, starting, we're going to start seeing guys withdraw from the draft, seeing guys stay in the draft, all that kind of stuff. But the NBA draft lottery be, takes place tonight at eight o'clock on ESPN, 45 minutes from now. So everybody go check that out after the show is over. Uh, we went through the lottery probabilities last week, but again, run through them. A little bit quickly, Houston, the Houston Rockets, Orlando Magic, and the Detroit Pistons all have the highest chance at getting the first overall pick. They all have a 14% chance. Uh, the, those rules were changed a couple of years ago to try to prevent teams from tanking. They it used to be the the worst team in the NBA would have a 25% chance of getting the first overall pick. Now they now they give the three worst to four and split them at 14 basically to say like you know you know you don't have an advantage of throwing away games and being the worst team in the NBA so um the so with the rockets magic and the pistons all have 14% Oklahoma City Thunder will have two picks in the uh in the uh top 4 in top 14 which is, will be the draft lottery obviously they've kind of loaded up on draft picks over the past couple of years they're going to have they have the next best odds again the first pick they have a 12.5% chance the Indiana Pacers will have a 10.5% chance Portland Trailblazers down to a 9% chance uh the Sacramento Kings will have a 7.5% chance and the Los Angeles Lakers, who traded away their pick to the New Orleans Pelicans, will have a 6% chance. Um, so this was the wrong year for the Lakers to decide not, make, not to make the playoffs because they this was part of the Anthony Davis trade. They traded the 2022 first-round pick, and it will end up being a lottery pick. Got another comment. Is this an actual NBA draft lottery stream? Uh, very good question. I If you go onto the Watch ESPN app, I'm pretty sure you could stream it through there. Um, it's going to be going live on ESPN. So everything that goes live on ESPN, you can catch through the watch ESPN app. You can so be able to stream that through your cable provider, all that kind of stuff. I'm sure, um, there, there might be 
other ways other ways to grab it um people might be doing twitter spaces where they're talking about it and all that kind of stuff so you can definitely check that out but it's going it's going down at eight o'clock on espn so definitely go check that out um jump back into the odds the spurs have a 4.5 percent chance at the first overall pick uh washington wizards have a three percent chance and then the new york knicks who you know my team who i'm holding out hope for they have a two percent chance at the first overall pick uh, they're most likely going to get either the 10th or the 11th pick, I believe. Uh, that's that's where their highest odds are going to be. And then the Oklahoma City Thunder, again, get the Los Angeles Clippers first round pick. So that's a 1.5% chance at the first overall pick. And then the Charlotte Hornets will have 1% chance. And the Cleveland Cavaliers will have a 0.5% chance at the first overall pick. So those are the odds of how it's going to all go down. And it's going to be very interesting. It's going to be definitely very interesting to see. Um, I'm excited to to check out. I'm I'm I get excited every single year to check out the draft lottery and you know to see how to see how everything goes. Um, I I always get excited trying to put together my mock draft. So I'm definitely very interested to see how the rest of the lottery is going to go and. Um, you know, we'll have a final set for the rest of the NBA draft tonight after um, after this all takes place. And then once again, the Oklahoma City Thunder have two of the top 14 picks, which, you know, start to get used to that because they're going to uh, they're going to be consistently in the lottery. They're always going back and forth. Uh, they traded, they've traded for so many draft picks over the past several years. So it does not shock me. Uh, at all that they that they're going to have two picks this year and they're going to have several picks over the next couple of years so i so i mean i'm excited to see it uh rockets magic pistons all having a 14 percent chance uh so it's it's going to be interesting to see who gets the first pick and it's going to be very interesting to see who gets these picks because mainly because i think there's three likelihoods at the first overall pick though too um, I think Paolo Boncaro, Jabari Smith, and Chet Holmgren all have a fighting chance to get the first over to be the first overall pick, and it may come down to who ends up getting the first overall pick. You know, say the Rockets get it. I think the Rockets could take any of them, but if the Magic get it, you know, they the lucky thing is they all play similar positions, though too. I mean, Boncaro uh, is a power forward. And Holmgren is, you know, you can call him a center, you can call him a forward, you can call him whatever, you know, you want to call him. But it's, it's you know, a very, very interesting situation uh, for for Holmgren. So I'm I'm excited. To, I'm excited to see that. <laughs> I'm very excited to see where he's going to go. We got Jabari Smith might go number one. I still think Jabari Smith is going to go number one, in my personal opinion. But it's, uh, you know, it's it's going to be interesting to see. We're going to we're going to see who ends up getting the first overall pick. So I'm uh, I'm very excited to see that could be the most talented player in the draft. I absolutely agree. And we got review and preview zone. Mike DeSanto. I think no matter the order of the top of the top three, Rockets take Holmgren, Magic take Smith, and Pistons get Bancaro. I like that a lot. I like that idea. I think that it's, I could see the Rockets taking Holmgren. 
I, I like the idea of uh, Jamari Smith kind of teaming up uh, in Orlando. I, I, kinda, I really like that idea, honestly. So uh, I, that's, that's, that's really cool. And Paolo Bancaro going, teaming up with Kate Cunningham, got Kate Cunningham shirt on today. Uh, so it's perfect timing with the draft lottery coming up. So that it's, it's going to be interesting to see. I mean, we'll find that we'll know the complete draft order after tonight and everybody can start putting together their mock drafts. I, for one, will be beginning to put together my mock draft and I'll be revealing it very, very soon on the show. So without any further ado, though, we got one of my good friends, Tom Quinn, is going to join the show to talk a little conference finals, uh, some NBA playoff matchups and everything in between. Tom, how's it going? Hey, Paul. Happy to be here. Thanks for having me. Happy to have you. It's been a long time coming, you know, talking some New York Knicks, talking some uh, NBA playoffs, all that kind of stuff. But first off, first and foremost, we'll jump in. Um, Me and you watched the Suns versus Mavericks matchup together. What were your thoughts on that? What were your thoughts on uh, the Suns kind of losing in – somewhat crazy fashion um well i i might be a little bit biased but i was very happy to see the mavericks beat the suns um you know i thought that um chris paul did not show up to play and i think that that's going to affect his legacy in a lot of ways even though you know it's been a long time coming and it's been building that he can't win the big game um i think this may this is a hot take, but this might be the nail in the coffin. I don't see them making it back with Chris Paul and Devin Booker to the um, the conference finals. So I I I don't think it's that honestly. I don't think it's that bold of of a take because I can actually see that happening. I think that the clock is kind of ticking on the rest of the team. We got hello Tom Q. We got Dom Danielle in the comments. Tom Q, how are you? you got a, you got a big fan base. Yeah. Got anything? Got anything to say to the uh, peanut gallery? To the peanut gallery, I guess I would just say that you know it's been a long time coming, and I'm glad that uh, you're here to watch. Yeah, everybody had to tune in for uh, for Tom Q's debut on the show. Your brother's been on before. John's been on, so you know had had to kind of had to get you on so we can uh, match the two. Absolutely. No, I mean, did I take it personally when I wasn't on first? Sure, maybe. But we're here now, so all good. All that matters is that you made it on eventually. That's that's the only thing that matters, you know. Yeah, who cares about who who was first, who was second? Uh all that kind of stuff. Got Garth Garth Michael Patrick in the comments. My Duke guy Tatum is killing it, rooting for the C's in the conference finals. Uh I can't be doing the same thing as you. Sadly, because I I I do like Jason Tatum a lot, but as a Knicks fan, I can't be rooting for the Celtics. But I respect it. Jason Tatum's an amazing player. Duke is in the top two of the top transfer guard, AJ Green, and still a real possibility. Trevor Keels returns. I think, on my personal opinion, I think Trevor Keels is going to return. I don't think that his draft stock is going to be high enough for him to really have a desire to stay in the draft. I feel like he might end up falling to the second round. And AJ Green, too could be a huge addition. Um, he's been tearing it up for Northern Iowa over the last several years. And uh, for him to to finally move up to better competition, I that, that could be a big move for Duke. And obviously, you know, Duke landed 
Jai Lucas and John Shire is their head coach. So they got two tremendous recruiters over there. Um, so I wouldn't be shocked if they were able to land that. So jumping into a couple of the matchups, well, the two remaining matchups, we've got four teams left, Warriors and the Mavericks. So a little preview of the series. Game one's going down Wednesday night in Golden State. Game two will be Friday night in Golden State. Game three will take a place Sunday in Dallas. Game four takes place Tuesday in Dallas. And then games five, six, and seven, if need be, will be Thursday, Saturday, and Monday of next week. So in two weeks, we'll have our NBA Finals at the very least. Steph Curry's been going off 26.9 points a game. He's been averaging throughout the playoffs. Clay has been somewhat decent. He's been uh, starting to get to catch a little fire, averaging 20.4 points a game. Jordan Poole is averaging 19.3 points. And then there's Luka Doncic, who is becoming one of the league's best players, uh, averaging 31.5 points a game, 10.1 rebounds throughout the playoffs. He's been absolutely incredible. Tom, what are your what are a few takeaways for, um, from you for this Warriors versus Mavericks matchup? What are your takeaways with Luka Doncic throughout the playoffs? You know, What are you looking forward to? Yeah, no, absolutely. Um, I think that this Warriors Mavericks matchup is going to be um, it's going to be a beatdown. No offense. I think that the Warriors are going to really they might. I think it'll be uh, in five games for the Warriors, just because they have the depth, they have the coaching, they have the experience, and the homegrown talent. Um, you know, they do a good job drafting and developing their players. And um, I feel that the Mavs, even though they have Luka Doncic, who um, with this playoff run has cemented himself as probably top five, top three players in the league right now, um, I just don't see him carrying them past the Warriors. I hope I'm wrong, though, but I that's the way I look at it. Um, I... I tend to agree. I think that's a great, I think that's a good point. I mean, the Warriors are definitely going to be the favorites for sure. And, you know, when it comes down to it, you know, I was saying, I guess, start on um, Henry and Dichter of review and previews show game on uh, yesterday that he does and kind of said it throughout that, ep- that episode too, that a, at the end of the day, it comes down to depth and it comes down to experience too. And the Warriors by far out of all the teams left at the playoffs, the Warriors have the best experience in it. Um, and I think that that might end up voting well for them. You know, you forget that they have Iguodala still on their bench. And, you know, I we were talking about the Max Kellerman thing earlier this morning. Um, I, I wouldn't be shocked if he, if he makes another comment about Iguodala, but it's, it's I think it'll be an interesting series. My personal opinion is I, I think Warriors in six. I'm going to go a little bit different than you uh, from taking Warriors in five. I'll say Warriors in six. I think Dallas squeaks through a couple of games. Jalen Brunson's also been amazing throughout this series. Uh, their, their key pieces, though, have been their depth. Dorian Finney-Smith, Reggie Bullock, Maxi Kleber, all averaging 10-plus points a game throughout the playoffs. We know Reggie Bullock all too well as Knicks fans. Um, he was a, honestly a key piece to us last year. He was. He was a huge piece to us. And we'd be remiss if we didn't shout out Frank Milikina for uh, actually playing quality minutes against Booker and Chris Paul and somehow actually playing good defense. Maybe he does have a spot in the league. It's true. John might be proving us wrong. John Quinn, uh, Tom's brother, 
who was on the show on the season finale last year, diehard Frank Nilakina fan. He had a Nilakina jersey, everything. You know, there's a lot of, but that's a common thing with a lot of Knicks fans, though. There's a lot of Knicks fans out there that are diehard Nilakina fans, like when he was on the Knicks, that like, it, I that was more than I ever saw for a role player in my entire life. I don't, I don't know why he had such a big fan base. I was never the biggest fan of him. I thought he was kind of like a one-way player, but he got some good minutes for Dallas, especially in game seven. And he got some good defensive minutes. So I'll definitely get, definitely got to give him a shout out in that. So Tom has Warriors in five. I got Warriors in six. Uh, jumping over to the next series, the Eastern Conference Finals. We got the Heat versus the Celtics. Uh, a little preview of the series. Game one takes place tonight in Miami. Going to tip off the Conference Finals tonight. Game two takes place Thursday in Miami. Game three will be Saturday in Boston. Game four will be Monday in Boston. And then games five, six, and seven, if need be, will be Wednesday, Friday, and Sunday of next week. Uh, obviously, the Miami Heat were the number one seed in the Eastern Conference, so they get home, home court advantage over the Celtics. Jimmy Butler has been the real stud of the entire of Miami's entire team, 28.7 points throughout the playoffs, 7.6 rebounds, 5.4 assists, 2.1 steals. Pretty typical Jimmy Butler uh, stat line when he's on his game, except for the 28.7 points because he's he's been scoring at a higher clip than than we're pretty much accustomed to. Bam Adebayo, too, has been great. Max Struess has been a, an amazing player for them. 12.4 points he's been averaging. And then on the Celtics side, you got Jason Tatum who's averaging 28.3 points throughout the playoffs. Jalen Brown's been 22.2. And then Marcus Smart. Averaging 15 points and six assists has been huge. And then Grant Williams, on the other hand, too, hitting four threes uh, in game seven. Kind of a big reason why the Celtics were able to pick off the Bucs. What were, what were your thoughts on the Celtics-Bucs game seven and a little bit of a preview going into this series? I mean, I was shocked that the Celtics picked off the Bucs the way they did. Um, you know, you have Giannis on Anacumpo, and um, I know they were, th- were without Middleton, but – it's hard to stop Giannis. I really thought that the Bucs were going to somehow find a way to, um, you know, extend the series or not extend the series, but move on. And, um, you know, I think that even though the Celtics have the hot hand right now, um, I do think that the heat will end up being victorious in this series. There's no way that they're going to be able to stop Jimmy Butler. I think he's on a, a man on a mission this year. And I think that he wants, um, redemption to make it back to the finals and to win the whole thing. So I would say, I think that they're going to, it's going to be a game. It'll be decided in seven games. I think it's going to go the full seven, but I think heat and seven. I like that a lot because that's exactly what I think too. Uh, that's why I said last night, I think heat and seven. I'm taking the Celtics in the series. Tom Scavetta um, of review and preview head honcho of review and preview. I, uh, you know, I think that this is going to come down to uh, Game 7 without a doubt. There's no doubt about that. I think that um, this is destined to be a seven-game series. I think that the Heat, um, I think the Heats have been red hot throughout the entire playoffs. The Celtics have been pretty hot, um, especially, especially on defense, too. And I can see either one of these teams coming away with the series, but I personally think Heat and 7 as well. I think the Heats, you know, still have that sour taste in their mouth from losing in the NBA Finals in the bubble just two years ago. And I think that they're kind of they're on a mission. And just like Tom said, I think that Jimmy Butler's kind of on a mission. Uh, Tyler Hero has been amazing 
throughout the season. He's been a little bit inconsistent throughout the playoffs, but you know, one sixth man of the year. I'm excited. I'm excited to see this because I think this is going to be a lot closer of a series than Warriors versus Mavs. Um, I think Warriors and Mavs could still go six, but I I can see there being a couple of blowouts, especially in the games where it's in Golden State. Uh, the Heat versus Celtics series, I think the entire the entire series is going to be a tight knit tight knit games. Um, it's going to end up going seven games. Going to go be back and forth leads. I you know I'm I'm very excited to to see what um, is in store for this series. This is the the one series I'm most excited for because I I think that it's pretty safe to say that the Warriors are going to make are going to move past the Mavericks. This series though, very tough to predict. Very tough to predict. I don't know. Um, it could go the other way. You know, you never know. The Celtics are a really well-rounded team. They play great defense, great team basketball. Tatum's definitely an up-and-coming star. Um, you know, Jalen Brown's quality, although I think he's been pretty inconsistent in these playoffs. Um, so, you know, it could go either way. But from my point of view, I do think that the Heat just have a slight edge on them. And I think it'll be a great watch. And, um, you know, I'll be as bold as to say, I think whoever wins this series is going to win it all eventually. I like that. I like that. So um, jumping over to the NBA finals, since you have the Warriors winning and the Heat winning, if it's Warriors versus Heat in the NBA finals, I mean, you kind of just said it, but you have the you have the Heat beating the Warriors. Yeah, I do. Just because, um, you know, I think they're both two special teams. I've seen the Warriors. Um, I've seen people beat the Warriors, though, like with Memphis, even like Memphis was without, without John Morant. And uh, sorry, I can't speak. <laughs> and um, they, you know, Memphis still didn't go down without a fight. They actually could have won game six. The Warriors got out of that um, just because of their fourth quarter effort. But um, with the Heat, I don't know. They're a, they're a grinding team. You got to be able to if you if they can stay in the game, like till the fourth quarter. I think they're going to come out victorious. So, um, you know, we'll see. But I think I think for that one, it'll probably be Heat and six. I'll call it Heat and six. Heat and six. I like that. Well, then, well, technically, I would have the Heat and the Warriors in the NBA Finals too. Um, my prediction would be Warriors and seven. Um, I think, I don't know. I, I've got, I, from the beginning of the season, uh, I feel like the Warriors just start off so hot that they're at this point, they're almost destined to win it. Do it. I don't necessarily think it's going to happen. I think you can make a legitimate case for all four teams that are left. The Mavericks being the weakest of all of them, but I think you could, you could make a legitimate case, especially for the, for the Warriors, Heat and Celtics to all win the NBA finals. I think it's going to come down to the very end. I think it's going to be really interesting. I'm definitely excited about that. But before we wrap things up, Tom, got to ask you, you're you're a big Knicks fan. What do you want to see moving forward with the Knicks? There's plenty to talk about. You know, we could be here all day talking about how, how much of a disaster this season is, but what what's your wish list going into next year? Oh, my gosh. I know. This season was such a disappointment for so many different reasons. Um I guess I hope moving forward that RJ continues to progress. I think that um, he's starting to come into his own. He might not ever be superstar potential, but if he could ever amount to like a second option or a third option, maybe even even an all-star, 
that would be great to see. And I'd love to see Obi get more minutes. Um, I think he showed this past season that when, when Julius was out, that, um, that he can be the real deal. But then, you know, the problem is, what are we going to do with Julius? Uh, yeah, it's true. But I, the young guys, the thing that makes the Knicks so exciting are all the young guys on the team because they're all so raw. But they're, they're not that far away from at least being a playoff contender. They're really not. But that might just be the optimism that us Knicks fans are, um, are just used to, I guess. We always have the hope until it's over. Absolutely. We and then we always end up getting let down at the very end. So selfish. Sure. I like that. I think that RJ's improvement is first and foremost, you know, obviously the you're gonna you're still gonna hold out hope that they could trade for Donovan Mitchell. I'm not, you know, I won't believe it till I see it. I would love to honestly I'd love Donovan Mitchell. Uh, but it's you never know. Obviously, Damian Lillard was the guy that they were talking about the last several years, and that's probably not gonna happen. Doesn't seem like Portland's gonna get rid of him anytime soon. So you know, I'm not anticipating any big trades. I'm kind of just anticipating moving forward with the team that they have. Um, maybe making a Julius Randle trade. I that could possibly work because I would like to see Obi get some more minutes in his third year as well. Um, and Julius Randle kind of clogs up that lane for him to get for him to get some more minutes. So I'd like to see that as well. But Tom Quinn on the show, that's going to wrap it up for tonight's episode. I want to thank everyone who tuned into Review and Preview Network to watch another episode of the 3 and D and to all those listening via podcast, YouTube, etc. You can also follow the show on Twitter at the 3 and D. Tom, thanks for coming on. Any more words for the fans before we leave? No, thanks for having me. Um, everyone have a great night and uh, keep tuning in because you won't find a better host to any sports show on the web in the world. That's my opinion. Straight from the horse's mouth. I appreciate it. I appreciate it. He's not just saying that because it's my friend. He actually thinks that. Hope everyone enjoys the rest of their week and stay tuned for more updates and brand new episodes coming every Tuesday night at seven o'clock. The new time, not Monday anymore. It's Tuesday night at seven. Have a great night, everyone.